being here today. I dreamed last night that nobody showed up. And, and there are a few dreams that scare a preacher more than that, right? Man, that was rough. Hey, uh, but being, being alone is not, is not good. And so I'm glad that you are here. I'm glad that you're with others. And it is just not a good thing. If, if you don't believe me that being belong, alone is not good, then you just need to ask my dog, Tiger. All right, I think I've got a, I got a picture of him here. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I know. Isn't he a cute fellow? He's a two-and-a-half-year-old Morky. And while the Barnett family is either at work or at school, well, Tiger is home alone. Now, look, we make sure that he has food and water, and his favorite chew toys are placed within, you know, good reach. And, and we even put, him, put his bed near a window that will allow him to look out at all the chipmunks, you know, and, and give the proper bark, protecting the household and his turf. That's always important. And we even leave some music on for him. Kenny G. We want him to be a mellow dog, <laughs> you know. We want to come back home and find, you know, everything in its place, you know, and, and where, it's supposed to, is where it's supposed to be. Uh, but, but he does have separation anxiety. He, he doesn't like necessarily to be alone, and he's a social pup, and he can't wait until, until someone comes home. So he knows the sound of the cars when they pull into the driveway, and, and his voices are outside. He hears that, and, and he just gets beside himself with anticipation. Not for us, however. For the Wilmores, who live across the street from us. Yeah. You see, recently Tanya arrived home, and it was about the same time that the Wilmores were outside on their porch. And Tanya opened up the door, and Tiger went between her legs, down the steps, through the yard, across the street, up the steps, onto the porch, and into the Wilmores' house. Yeah, he did. Because apparently he decided, look, if you guys are going to leave me alone... I'm getting some new peeps, right? It's like, you're not my people. They are my people, right over there. That's who my people are. Because <laughs> he doesn't like to be alone. And nobody likes that, right? We don't want to be by ourselves. At least most of us don't want that. We're social creatures. And it's why these past few years have just been such a struggle for so many. Because by now, even though the majority of the restrictions and the barriers have gone away, we still feel sometimes that we are enclosed and we still feel like that we are boxed in. So I've got a question for you. When the doors finally do open up and when you feel like that yes things are things are better and, 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 and things are moving again and I can get out and where do you go and run to so that you will not be alone? Where do you go? You know so many of our stories are about doing life with others. From Mayberry to Walton's Mountain to Friends to This Is Us. It, it's all about that. It's all about life together. It's why we swipe left and we swipe right on those dating apps. It's why we join softball leagues. By the way, have you heard that we're going to try to have a co-ed softball team this year? Right? Yes? I know. I'm, I'm getting the claps from the ladies out here. They were like, I don't know why that we have been denied the opportunity to show the guys how to play proper softball. Right? And so we are going to be having that. And if you'd like to be a part, Stephen Walker, stand up for everybody. All right, you saw Stephen earlier, right? Be sure to talk to um, Stephen, and he'll uh, tell you exactly what's going on with all that. But why do we do softball leagues, and why do we participate in things like that? Why do we attend church? It's because we don't want to be alone. Now look, I'm not under any illusion that you're a part of this or some other faith community because of the preacher, okay? 
Let me just be honest. You have access to thousands of Bible studies just by going and doing a Google search. And you can find preachers and pastors with all kinds of messages all around the globe. And you can listen to your favorite podcast and you can find your favorite teacher. And, and you, all you have to do is just get out your phone and just touch your home screen. And in fact, you can probably go online this morning and you can find someone talking about this particular message and doing a much better job than I'm going to do. I just ask that you wait and do that until you go home. All right? Don't do that right now. I mean, I'm glad you showed up, but don't do that right now, please. Hang in with me just a little bit longer. Guys, we are not void of, of great biblical teaching. And we're not dependent on one particular church or, or preacher to provide us with spiritual direction. So why is church so important? I mean, why are you even here today? For those of you who are watching online, why are you tuning into the live feed? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to turn to the people that are beside you and just kind of back it around you just for a moment. And I just want you to tell them why church is important to you. Okay? Just whatever your reason is. It, it could be that you thought you were going to be able to come here and be by yourself and nobody talk to you. I don't know. But just turn and tell somebody why is church important. I hope you realize that our connection here as a church, it goes deeper than just information dissemination. You have turned out and some of you have tuned in this morning because you were created for community. You were. And when you read through the creation story in the book of Genesis, a little pattern keeps popping up. It talks about how that God said, and it was so, and then God said that it was good. So God said, let there be, it happened, and then he said, this is good. And the writer there in Genesis just emphasizes over and over the effortless activity of a powerful and imaginative God. It's the song of creation. And God said, and it was so, and God said that it was good until you get to the final act and everything comes to a screeching halt. And it stops. God creates a man in his own image. God looks at this man who bears his likeness. But he says it's not good says it's not good. Up until that point, everything had been perfect. There had been no sin, there had been no disobedience, nothing to mar the relationship between God and his creation. So why does God there in Eden look at his creation, look at this man and says it's not good when he sees that one lone human resident? And I think that's part of the problem in and of itself. There was only one human being inhabiting God's garden. And it is not good for the man to be alone. Now I want you to think about this. The man was not alone. Has that occurred to you before? The man was not alone. He is in a state of perfect intimacy with God. Each word that he and God speak, it's a fulfillment of the closeness and the joy that they share. He is known and he is loved at the very core of his being by the omniscient, love-filled creator. And yet even with that, even with man being in this sinless, perfect condition, God says it's not good. There's something that's missing. Aloneness is not good. And so by doing so, he makes this radical comment about the fundamental importance of human relationship. You see, God created inside of this very first man a kind of human-shaped void. And it's a void that resides in every 
section of humanity today. See, there is no substitute that will fill that hole. You can't fill it with money. You can't fill it with achievement. Busyness can't end up filling the hole. And it's even a void that God himself will not attempt to fill. Instead, he provides for us community. Or church, as we like to call it. The Apostle Paul would call it family. In Romans chapter 16, the Apostle is concluding a writing that Martin Luther would centuries later say is the chief part of the New Testament, the very purest gospel. And after giving all kinds of space to theology, Paul gives himself a moment for reflection. I just kind of picture him sitting back for a moment and thinking about those to whom he is writing. You see, he's written this letter focusing on God's grace and humanity's faith with specific people in mind. You see, he's got pictures in his mind of the people, perhaps, that he's writing to. You see, the recipients of his letter were not just a city. They were a community, a community of disciples spread across the most powerful jurisdiction in the known world. And Paul would love just to be able to reach out through the parchment, and he would love just to be able to take his arms and wrap it around those that he was writing to, his family. And actually, that's what the word there in chapter 16, when you read it in your Bibles, that says greet. And he talks about a lot of people he's going to greet. That's, that's what the word means, to, to enfold in the arms. To enfold in the arms, to hold close. And so Paul ends a message of great theological importance by listing something of great personal importance. And he lists the names of the men and women who made up the community of faith in Rome. Now, I know that we're doing a great study right now of Romans on Sunday mornings. And if you'd like to be a part of that, it's in our overflow room. Calvin Krim is doing an awesome job talking to somebody earlier this morning about that particular class. We'd love for you to go be a part of it. But just know that when you get to the end, when you get to Romans chapter 16, after all that theology, all of a sudden you just get all these names that Paul begins to mention and all these people that he wants to greet and, and hug. But it's not just any list. It's not just any list. See, this is a list of prayer warriors. And it's a list of gospel sharers and, and arm lifters. This is a list of people who had walked through the fire and sailed through the storms of ministry with Paul. These are people who, who cared about him and who he cared about. People who encouraged and people who enriched his life. This, this is a list of people with whom Paul shared a common faith and a, a common hope and a common love. And guys, we all need a list like this. A list of men and women who we know will drop everything and pray for us. I love the image that Stephen used earlier about asking who's around your table, right? Who's around your table that, that you know is, is walking with you on this journey? Who's around that table that's praying for you? You see, Paul urged the church in Rome to join me in my struggle. Join me in my struggle, he says, by praying to God for me. You know, during moments of struggle and anxiety and uncertainty, we need others who will boldly approach the throne of heaven on our behalf. People who will not be shy, people who will not be afraid to daily and to hourly speak our name and our concern to the Father. So who's on your list? Paul and Fran Rowland are on mine. So are Wilbur and Murtis Johnson. Oh, and I can't leave out Miss Sheila Mason. Who's on your list? Who do you know that, man, if you've got to have that one prayer, I mean, if you've got to have that one person that is going to go to God on your behalf, who is that? And do they know it? 
Have you shared that with them? Who's on your list? We need a list of people who will pray for us. And guys, we need a list of people who will serve beside us. Paul wasn't alone in his ministry. He gives a shout out to Priscilla and Aquila and Urbanus for being his co-workers. And there in verse 7, he mentions that Andronicus and Junia were in prison with him. He praises Mary and Tryphena and Tryphosa as women who work hard in the Lord. Now look, these are individuals with whom Paul endured great suffering and pain. They had rendered a common service to each other and they shared a, a common encouragement. Who is it that you depend on to help you endure the ministry of Christ? When Satan attacks, who's got your back? Who do you know is right there beside you? Who's on your list? Johnny and Janice Robertson are on mine. And Amy Marcus. And Calvin Krim. The elders of this church are on my list. The staff of this church is on my list. Who keeps you accountable to God? Who, who, who has that responsibility to speak into your life and say, you know what, we got to pick it up. Who, who knows you well enough to come alongside and say, hey, I know you're struggling. Let's do this together. Who's serving alongside of you? Everybody needs a list of those people. And you also need a list of people that's walking with you. Everybody needs a list of people who just walk with you. Who'll just give you encouragement. Who'll tell you you're pretty even when you're not. Who'll tell you you're smart even though you know you're not. Right? Paul had some people like this in his life. He wanted to wrap his arms around his dear friends. That's what he calls them there in chapter 16. Epinetus, Ampelatus, and Paris. And I love that he talks about, he was looking forward to seeing Rufus. Wesley said he had no idea there was a Rufus in the Bible, right? Hey, any of you guys that want to be biblical, your next child, Rufus. There you go. You know, some names don't travel well. You know, some names you're reading the Bible, you're like, yeah, that travels. Mary, you know, Joseph, Micah, right? That travels. Rufus, Ampelitis. I don't think that travels. But if you want to be biblical, you just go right ahead. Especially if you want to have the name of a friend of Paul. You see, Rufus was the brother of another mother who he says, man, I can't, I just can't wait to hug Rufus, your mom, because she has been like a mom to me. And I'm sure she was planning a special meal for when he arrived in Rome. You know, this church community... This church community has provided Tanya and myself some of our closest friends. David and Sandra Russell have been our extended family since we moved to Chattanooga 17 years ago. And we have shared meals and, and we have mourned losses with Edmonds and the, the Workmans and the Youngs. Our children have celebrated holidays and, and birthdays and and special days together. You understand what I'm talking about, right? Who are the people that are more like family than friends? Who walks with you? 
And I could tell you about people that you've never heard of. I could talk to you about the Wilkes who live in South Alabama. And, and I could talk to you about the relationships that Tanya and I have had with, with Larry and Kathy. And, and I could talk about going all the way back to college and talk to you about Lumpy and, and Alex and Michelle and Shane and Shannon and all these people who have been on my list. I could talk to you about people who have been on my list but are no longer part of our church family, like Dr. and Mrs. Hayes. Who's on your list? See, we all have one. At least I hope you do. I mean, I hope you have a list of, of people that will pray for you and, and people who will serve beside you and people who will walk with you. You need that list. And, and, and you need to be on somebody's list, right? You were created for community. And so here's what I want to do this morning. I want to invite you to be part of ours. I want to invite you to be part of our community. You know, church membership, as it's universally thought of in today's culture, where a person kind of declares their, their intent to align themselves with a particular religious group, is not necessarily an idea that was present during the time of the early disciples. In the New Testament, if a person was a disciple of Jesus, they were considered to be part of the church. They were the body of Christ. They were a believer in Jesus. They were part of his body. And so here's what this means for us here at East Brainerd. Look, we understand that, that an individual often come into connection with a group of Christ followers before he or she actually makes a decision to become a follower of Christ himself. And so for this reason, a person does not have to have previously been a part of a church or a person doesn't have to have been baptized before in order to say, you know what, I want this to be my church family. I want this to be my home. Right? You don't have to come with some kind of biblical PhD to come and be a part here, to participate in our Bible classes, to, uh, to, to share in our ministries, to, to be able to say, you know, this is where I'm going to learn what it means to follow Jesus. And look, while we do desire that everyone submit to Christ by being baptized, we do not require that anyone be baptized into our church to be part of our EP community. Scripture says you're not baptized into a certain church. You're baptized into Christ. And we want you to do that, but if you've been a part of another religious body in the past, you, you don't have to go through and get dunked with us just so that you can say that you're a part of our East Brainerd family. In fact, we welcome to East Brainerd all disciples who have been baptized, who have been immersed in obedience to the command of Jesus Christ, no, no matter their former religious affiliations, no matter what that might be. And we have people here who are part of our church family that have grown up in, in Methodist backgrounds and, and Catholic backgrounds who have, who have had all types of different religious experiences. But together we're East Brainerd. We're E.B. And so look, whether you are a Christian of many years or just beginning your walk with Christ or exploring the teachings of Christianity, maybe for the first time, we want you to be connected with our church family so that we can nurture one another on this journey that we're on together. And so we invite you to, to be a part of our family and to join us as we seek to love God and to share his grace. Because we want you to be part of our church family. And so here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I would love for you to do this. I want you to go online to eastbrainerchurch.org, to our website, 
And when you do that, you're going to see something similar to what's here on the screen. If you use your phone, you'll have there in the bottom left corner, it'll say next steps in a circle. It'll say take your next step here. You can also see if you just use your computer and go online and do that. And, and I would love for you just to go ahead right now and click on the next steps and, and that you would just let us know that you would like, you, you would like it to be known that you feel like, East Brainerd, this is where you're going to grow spiritually, and this is where you're going to serve, and this is where you are going to walk with others and pray for others. So go ahead, take out your phone. This is the time that you can actually use your phone in church. It's all right. Go ahead and take that out and, and, and do that. But hey, look, if you're not comfortable with technology, no problem, right? We want you to be a part of our church community as well. And so back in our lobby, we have our Connection Corner. Okay, you'll see this banner that says connection, and there's a little table that's there in front of it. And we would love for you to go to that table after we are done today and, and see Miss Brittany or one of our volunteers who will be there at that table and just say, you know what, this is going to be my church home. This is going to be my church home, and I want you, want you to know. We would love to be able to, we'd love to be able to have that information about you because we want you to be part of our community. We want to pray for you. We want to serve beside you. We want to walk with you. But there's something you need to understand. There is a definite spiritual component to this community. Thirteen times in Romans chapter 16, Paul uses the description in the Lord or in Christ to describe the relationship that he had with the people. Their relationship with Paul was based on their connection to Christ. And look, it is amazing to me how often we will run to and we will spend our lives in the orbit of those who do not share our faith or our values. Now, I'm not saying we need to remove ourselves from society and not be with people just because they maybe do not share the same beliefs that we have about Christ. I'm all for cultivating those relationships with the intent of trying to move others closer to a life-restoring relationship with Jesus. But what amazes me is that we oftentimes choose as individuals or as families to place ourselves in environments and around people who do not have our soul as their number one priority. And we do this, I think, because of FOMO. We're just afraid of missing out. We're afraid of being left out. We're afraid that our children are not going to be included and that they will not make the team or be a part of a club or, or that we're not going to receive a certain invitation. And because we have fear of missing out of what the culture says, well, this is new and this is exciting and this is good, we sacrifice, we sacrifice time with God's people. We sacrifice being with those who do have our soul. Our soul is a priority. So again, let me ask you a question. What importance do you place on being with others who share your faith in Jesus Christ. What importance do you place on that? Do you prioritize time with other groups of believers? Do you sacrifice so that your family can be around other families who share your values? Do you just come in anonymously and, and then kind of sneak out as quick as you can? Or do you spend time loving your brothers and sisters as Jesus demands? And where is it that you go to find community? Do you go to the church or do you go to the campus? Do you go to the church or do you go to the athletic field? To the church or to work? Just, just look at what you do. Look at where you spend your time. Look at who you spend your time with. Look at what you avoid. Look at what you choose. Look at where your deepest relationships are found. You see, I'm afraid that's what happened. what's happened is that we've got this whole thing reversed. I think we go to the campus or we go to the job or we go to some activity in search of community. 
and then we just come and visit church. Friends, only a community of faith will have your soul's best interest at heart. The job doesn't have as its goal getting you closer to a life-restoring relationship with Jesus Christ. The team that you're a part of does not have as its goal making you more like Christ. All the different things that our society offers does not have as its number one objective you being made holy into the image of Christ. But that is what the community of God, that's what we want to have happen. And so let me tell you what your soul can expect here at East Brainerd. You'll be treated like family. You'll be treated like family. The leaders and members of this congregation will pray for you and encourage you in your spiritual journey. We will celebrate with you in victory and we will weep with you in despair. And we will guide you back on God's path if you begin to journey off course. And through it all, you will be treated with love and grace and dignity. You will also be equipped for service. We feel the greatest gift a church can offer family members is the opportunity for real ministry, to be involved in somebody else's life, to be showing Jesus to those individuals. And so at East Brainerd, our passion is to equip our people to share God's grace. When you were coming in today, there was a paper handout that you were given. It was kind of a bulletin. It gives different information. If you did not get one when you came in, they're on the middle tables in our lobby. I encourage you to get one as you leave. And there on the inside, there was a little uh, card, a little index card. And it asked about what ministries you would like to be a part and serve in. And we talked last week about the need that this church has for volunteers. And we want you to be a part of that. And, and so I would encourage you to, to take that card and, and look at some of the different ministries that we have. And, and think about how you have been gifted. And think about your passions. And, and you put your name and email address on there. And you give us a check mark on, on one or two of those or all of those boxes. And then as you were leaving here this morning, you go by and we've got uh, there as you're going into the lobby, we've got our giving boxes. And as you place in your contribution, as you place in your contribution, um, you're also going to put that little card in there, right? Or you can drop it off at the connection corner. You can put it there at the table. Again, someone will be there to, um, to take that. But we want you to, be, to volunteer, to be a part of, uh, of ministry. So that's just a little bit of what you can expect from us. But what do, we expect from, what do we expect from you? Maybe you're sitting there going, all right, man, all right. I want to be a part of a family, and I want to have a place to call home. I want to be a place to be, to be nurtured. I want to be a place where, where I can learn what it means to follow after Jesus. But what do we expect from you? We expect for you to use your time and talents in a way that will move others closer to a life-restoring relationship with Jesus Christ. And we want you to invite others into your life first and then to our gatherings. You know, sometimes people need to have a cup of coffee with you before they share communion with you. And so do that. And live out the kingdom ethic of justice, mercy, and Christ-likeness outside of these walls. Graciously welcome others to our family. Give regularly and generously to, to the budget budgeted and special needs of our church. Maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. We, we want you to, to, to follow the, the spiritual guidance of the leaders that we have here at our church. We want you to refuse to gossip. We want you to grow spiritually mature and engage in regular Bible study and prayer 
participate in one of our groups that we have going on, whether it's one of our small group studies on Sunday morning or being a part of a hiking group or a softball team or um, any of the other things that we have that go on here within our church family. And we want you to serve in EB ministry. We want you to practice patience and forgiveness. These are the things that we ask of all of us as we're trying to live out community together. You know, a community, has been said, is not simply a group of people who live together and love each other, but it's a place of resurrection. And so why not just let today be your resurrection day? Why not let today be your resurrection day where you choose to commit to this spiritual community? The, the invitation is not just for those who are new to our midst, but it's also for those who've allowed the pandemic to create distance between you and your church family. You know, maybe you've been here for, for a while, but you need to go online. You need to say, you know what, guys? I have not really been engaged with this church, and I want to let you know that this is going to be my church. This is where I'm going to serve. This is where I'm going to pray. This is where I'm going to walk. These are the people that I'm going to do life with, and I want to do life with me. Let's pray for one another. Let's serve beside one another. Let's walk with one another. So why don't you add your name to the list of our EB family? The doors are wide open. And like Tiger, you can also spend time with the Wilmores. <laughs> yeah. They're part of EB too. And we'd love for you to be. Can we pray about that together? Father, I want to pray specifically right now for, for those who are here that just have never been connected not only to our church body, but, but maybe to anywhere. And maybe they don't have a list. They don't have that number that they know they can call at 3 a.m. because they need prayer or they just need somebody to come over. They don't have anyone to encourage them in their walk. They don't have anyone to, to be beside them in, in ministry. And so I just want to pray that that this message would be used this morning in a way to, to encourage and to, to inspire anyone here that's saying, I'm just alone, I'm, I don't have a group, I don't have, I don't have a church family, that, Father, that you would move them to say, you know what, this is, this is time, this is the place. And Father, for the individuals who are here that are like, you know what, I, I've been holding out and I've been, I've been waiting to really, to really step forward and to be a disciple. Father, I pray that they would see the love that's here in this room. I pray that they would, would see the, the excitement that we have together, the, 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 the joy that we have for being with one another. But I pray that they would be able to see that that comes from our connectedness to you. And Father, that they would choose to place their faith in your son. That they would choose to be baptized for the remission of their sins. That they would choose to, to say, I want to be a part of the body of Christ. And Father, for, for those who have been here a long time, but who, because of the pandemic or because of family issues, because of just life, have felt disconnected from this body. Father, I pray that your peace, that your, that your comfort will be on them right now that they will know and that they will be reminded that they are loved, that they are cared for, and that this is a place that is called home. 
Father, that we all might be able to re-engage in a way that would draw us closer, not only to one another, but also to you. Father, thank you for, thank you for making sure that, that we were on your list. That you didn't forget about us. That you remembered us. And Father, we thank you for the sacrifice that you made. So may we live in the community that you have created. And may we do so in a way that will bring honor and glory to you. In the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Church, we're going to sing a song together. And you know what? If you would like to be baptized into Christ this morning, we would love to celebrate that with you. We'd love to know that. We'd love to be able to, um, to rejoice if you have said, you know what, I'm going, to be, I'm going to be a part of the kingdom of God. This is what I want. And again, if you would like to uh, go online, we encourage you to do that. We encourage you to drop those ministry cards off as you are leaving. We encourage you, if you need to, to come as we're singing. If you just said, you know what, i really love for this church family to pray right here and right now because of something that I have going on in my life. We'd love for you to. So why don't you come, come to community as we stand and sing.